Hello everyone. For my case, I have Kenneth Adams, who with three other men were accused and wrongly imprisoned for rape and double homicide. The rape and homicide was of a couple who were abducted from a filling station, where the woman was then raped and both of them killed. Their bodies were then dumped in an abandoned house. The four men, known as the Ford Heights Four, were suspected by law enforcement due to a false tip from a man who lived near the scene, which led to their arrest. Kenneth Adams' girlfriend, who could not read or write, was also brought in for questioning, where she had stated that she had seen the four men rape the woman and one of the men shoot the couple. But a month later, she then retracted that statement, saying that police had drugged her and told her what to say. Then, in 1994, the jailhouse informant who had earlier said he had heard two of the four men talking about how they had killed the couple confessed that he had actually lied and never had heard them say that at all. That he only had said that because he was offered a deal with his charges that he was facing at the time. So at this point, two of the individuals who had testified against the four men confessed that they were actually lying, both saying that they had only did it for a better deal or because they were forced. Then in 1996, the four men, with the help of several individuals, were able to gain access to evidence for DNA testing. The DNA testing showed that all four men were actually innocent and that three other men were the perpetrators. It was then later shown that the police were initially tipped the identity of the three men who were actually guilty early on in the investigation, but decided to not look into it any further. When it comes down to it, the four men were originally wrongly arrested due to eyewitness misidentification. The false tip that led to the men being arrested was the first nail in the coffin. It's known that eyewitness identification can lead to wrongful convictions, so it is not surprising that it happened in this case. If proper precautions are not taken with eyewitness identification, it can lead to cases such as these. It is interesting to me though, how the original tip was of the four men, but there was only ended up being three perpetrators, so the eyewitness identification was bad all the way around. The false confessions and informants also made the case, saying that it had much more evidence backing it up than it actually did. Confessions and informants can be very helpful evidence when it is gathered in a professional manner. But instead, in this case, law enforcement used tactics to obtain confessions and informants that was extremely unprofessional. Scare tactics and bribe were used by law enforcement to get the evidence that they wanted. This false evidence, in turn, helped law enforcement initially prosecute the four men and keep them in prison. With this case, it really seemed like law enforcement was trying to bury the four men for whatever reason. It makes me wonder what their motive was for trying so hard to incarcerate the four men. Now, the main part of evidence that exonerated the foreman was DNA. DNA testing is not always perfect, and it has its moments where human error can mess with the results in a negative way. But this case, it helped out greatly. It not only proved that the four men were in fact not guilty, but it also helped catch the three actual perpetrators at the same time. The false confessions and informants following through also helped exonerate the foreman as it showed that several people were lying to convict them, and that there wasn't nearly as much evidence backing up the original case as people thought. What is interesting to me about the false confessions and informants 
as the all led back to law enforcement trying to create evidence that was never there in the first place. But DNA definitely was the evidence that saved the day for the Ford Heights 4. Even with the confessions and informants coming up false, without the use of DNA testing, I think the men would still be wrongly imprisoned today. Although it's very unfortunate that it took 18 years for Kenneth Adam and the three other men to be exonerated, this case showed that human errors and poor professionalism can soil many different forms of evidence. Luckily, the DNA testing was not ruined by any sort of human error, and the four men were able to get their lives back. After the men got out of prison, they filed a civil claim against the police who wrongly imprisoned them. They ended up settling with a $36 million civil claim, which at the time in 1999, which was the largest civil rights payment in U.S. history. Adam's personal share of the money was $8 million. He now lives in South Chicago as a free man with his wife. It may seem like a lot of money, but I definitely believe that the payment was fully justified since the men will never get back the 18 years they had to serve in prison on top of all the poor treatment they received for doing nothing wrong at all. This case definitely has very shady aspects when it comes to the police work and all the fake evidence that convicted the men. As I said earlier, it is very unfortunate they had to spend those 18 years in prison, but at least their names were eventually cleared due to the successful use of the DNA testing.